Hello, welcome to Feature in a Short. Feature in a Short is a monthly screening hosted by Forwind Films, where an appointed contributor presents their chosen feature motion picture and a short movie. There's only one condition for the screening selection. The presenter must have been directly involved with one picture, but not the other. My name is Laura Davi. I'm the line producer at Forwind Films. Today, our appointed contributor is our very own Justin Joseph Hall. Justin Joseph Hall is a multilingual, award-winning multimedia storyteller and founder of Forwind Films. His work has been acquired by major television networks like HBO and work on award-winning projects that received industry recognition, including the Emmys, Tribeca Film Festivals, and Brooklyn Film Festival. Today, the first film that Justin brought is Halfway Home, A Father's Story. So this is actually a spin-off of a Frontline episode called Life on Parole. Our directors, Matthew O'Neill and Jeff Eric, followed 12 people who are out of jail on parole or probation for a year just to see what life was like. And we featured five of these people in the Frontline episode, but there were some people who had amazing stories and participated in the documentary a lot who didn't get featured. And so this story is Halfway Home, A Father's Story, is the story of Thelbert Newcampton, who has been going in and out of jail for petty crimes his whole life. And I worked on posting this. It is done by DCTV, Downtown Community Television. And Beth Chatelaine finished it once we got funding. During the screening, we served apples, all with bread, and oatmeal. After the film, we had a short discussion. It was fun because for all the 10 people who came out, they gave them cell phones to capture everything. So that way, when they took videos, they would give confessionals and talk to us. And then we also obviously filmed with them, so it has like the two types of footage. And you can see they let different sides of their personality out in each one mm -hmm. when there's not a filmmaker present. Especially Nook probably used it more like a regular cell phone than anyone because he was like taking pictures of him with his family, so. So sad. Is he still in prison? Uh, a lot of people, they, they kind of go in and out forever and, you know, this kind of seems like, I mean, from what I did a bunch of prison movies. It really seems like once they serve a certain amount of time, like 15 years or more, then they might start changing. But it's very hard because you don't have any money when you come out. Yeah. You owe the court money on top of that, and then they're not flexible to let you work. Plus, people don't want to hire you because you have a criminal background. Oh my gosh, I just feel like it's like a never-ending cycle. Like, how do you get out of that cycle? And most people don't. I mean, like in general, most people don't. Yeah. Like they say 47% go back. Yeah. Yeah. And once you, and you see, because we've seen a lot of these, once, one per, once you go in the first time, it's much more likely that you do it again. Because when times are tough, you kind of go back to what you thought was working. You know, this is done with DCTV. They've done a lot of prison movies. They even did one on Rikers Island. But this was the first outside. People don't follow people on parole a lot, but they're very, very highly regulated and then you have to do all this paperwork and check-in mm -hmm. in addition to trying to find a job and you get paid about minimum wage and it's partially subsidized by the government. That's the only reason why people do it. And it's usually places like the Dollar Store or TGI Fridays or these big chain restaurants that take advantage of the government subsidies to hire these people because otherwise nobody would hire them. Well, you captured it all really well. I feel like I was like in it, like the up to now. I'm like, no, he went back. Like it just... Thank you. These are hard to watch. It just happened all of a sudden. 
Yeah, it was pretty much just Jeff, the two directors, Jeff and um, Matt, who captured all of them with all 10 people. Mm -hmm. And Jeff probably captured like 80% of the footage that we shot. We had 280, 290 hours of footage. Each person's story was probably 20 to 40 hours, depending. And um, his was one of the longer ones for sure. I think there were 13 brothers and sisters. There's a lot of brothers and sisters, yeah. yeah. When the parents are addicted to drugs, you're prone to it, yeah. and that's like... When you have, you're more likely to go to prison when your parents have gone to prison. That's why this program was started to help kids through those kind of things yeah. uh, when your parents are in. Well, and also like at the beginning, it said that if they have a family or they see their kids, they're less likely to go back. Or yeah, like, yeah, because then they feel like they're they're reminded why purpose. they're doing it. Yeah. But then I'm like, okay, but then they can only see them on Sundays, like. Like, I feel like there should be a better system. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard for the government to do changes because if there's increased crime, then people point fingers. But it causes a lot of crime long term to not do something now. So that's a problem. And sometimes they're worried about where they're going. What I think he, she lived in subsidized housing, so he wasn't supposed to go there, I think, was the background. Mm -hmm. um, which was one reason he wasn't allowed to go there. So then he had to lie in order to see his kids. It's like, well you know, what parent wouldn't lie to go see their kid. Yeah. You know, almost anybody would. But he could have gone to jail even just those times that that he would, if he got caught going to see his kids sitting in that living room that they filmed him, he could go to jail for that. But, you know, if you don't try to document this stuff, then people don't know oh. what happens. <laughs> I mean, this is very not widely seen. Yeah. I, I mean, the Frontline one is, you know, a big release and it played on Frontline, so a lot of people watch that. But, like, this is just in a tiny program made for people who have parents in prison. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the only people it's been shown for. So, it's yeah. Hard. I also think about like how when they get out, they like they're not really out, they're not really free. Mm -hmm. But then I think about like how would I behave if I'm like constantly being watched? He lost his job at Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. I couldn't literally couldn't do it. Yeah. And that stuff kind of, that kind of like where they lose their job and what they were doing happens all the time. And partially because they're also not allowed to drive. So they have to take public transportation everywhere, which, you know, I think is fine. But they have to get all these passes and sometimes they're traveling all the way across town, can take hours. And, you know, it's not like if they're late, they can grab a cab. Not that they have any money to do that anyway. But the, the amount of paperwork, it's like, you know, it's like office space kind of paperwork where it's like you need to a pass anytime that you go basically outside if you bring stuff in almost everything because there are drug problems in there and you have a lot mm -hmm. of people with drug problems but also it's less expensive to have people outside of prison on this than it is to have them in prison with the um, ankle bracelets those um, are cheaper than jail too people are making money off of these systems like there's call-in systems that people make money off of when you go in prison you call in and um, you have to pay a lot of money. That's the only way you can talk to your family is paying however much money mm -hmm. your family has to pay that. And then the other thing is now that they're putting more people on parole, the ankle bracelet companies are making money and they want more people to be on it. And I'm sure they're, they're, you know, they're lobbying and presenting, yeah. hey, this is um, better and it's cheaper. You should do more of it. And so then they sell more oh, bracelets. No, and stuff. This is so it's a very complicated system. And I'm not saying what's good or bad or, right. you know, should that be subsidized? Should that be... I mean, in the end, it's all based off of what people vote for and pressure that the public puts on politicians to do anything. 
For the feature film, Justin brought High on Crack Street, The Lost Lives of Lowell. Both these films are verite documentaries made by Downtown Community Television, uh, also known as DCTV. It has multiple directors. One of them is John Alpert from DCTV. It's like an hour-long thing, and you can buy it on DCTV's website. But they've done a lot of movies on drug addicts. Drug addicts, and they did a lot of prison, and then uh, war. But this is my favorite one. During the feature, we serve popcorn, beer, and donuts. After the screening, we continue our discussion. This came out, I think it's 94, 95. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess I like both, both of these because they're both really chill how cyclical they are. It's so sad and like with both of them, you're like, you're rooting for them. You want them to get out of drugs or to stop going to jail, but oh, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah, nobody ever wants people to keep doing drugs or yeah. keep, it's, it's yeah. hard to watch when you do it. That's why, it, but when you report on the news, okay, yeah, that guy committed robbery, but it's mainly because his brain is addicted to drugs, yeah. you know. $200 a day? And that was, like, how yeah. much would that be now? That would be so much? I don't know, and crack, but I think, I mean, the reason why is crack is cheap, so, I mean, you see how much they smoke in here. But it's like, once they start, they just get more and more and more because they don't want, they can't stand the time in between when they're not high. It was so interesting how he was always at the donut shop. Yeah. Yeah, basically it's where he knew he could be safe. Because yeah. I don't think there were that many, they didn't go that many places otherwise when they're doing crack either. They've done a lot of movie on heroin addicts as well, um, which is just as addictive as crack uh, from what I, you know. And you're just like, oh, they're trying to get out of it. And if there's any obstacle, they can't handle it because any difficulties in life they want to take away by doing the drug. I kept thinking, like, what were their lives before? Like, I'm so curious to know, like, how it started. Yeah. I mean, you watch this in Requiem of a Dream, I think you understand what the addiction is. Thank you for listening to Future in a Short. If you want to learn more about Justin Joseph Hall's work, please visit forwindfilms.com or follow us on social media at forwindfilms. That's F-O-U-R-W-I-N-D-F-I-L-M-S. In the forecast to look forward to, we are creating a gritty comedy special for Nimesh Pitel. Nimesh is a comedian who tours internationally, if you don't already know his work. Thanks, we'll talk at you soon. Bye.